Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here at what you called a very, very special place in Charlotte after a very, very special win for Charlotte FC. Where are we, Danny? Tell the people where we are. It's a first time for the podcast. We're here in... Freedom <laughs> Park, uh, yeah. to put it in uh, in Braveheart, Scotty Arfield terms. Yeah, man, we're at Freedom Park. It's a, it is a very special location. This is a beautiful place uh, right in the heart of Charlotte. And as, as you said, as we were setting up, you said, the only thing I don't like about Freedom Park, I wish it was bigger. And I agree with that because it is a great little spot. We're, we're in a little veranda overlooking the pond. Uh, there's a fountain in the distance. We got some, uh, you know park cops rolling up and down the sidewalk with their noisy uh, golf cart and uh, the scene is set you know we've just been drinking way too heavily the last few days (laughs) in the wake of this win we couldn't uh, we couldn't summit going to a bar I felt like to record this episode I just wanted to sort of get back to nature Uh, we're drinking coffee yeah it's great coffee that we're we're drinking uh, right now uh, but but it's it's want to be outside. It's yeah, it feels good to be outside today. It's a little cooler than it's been here mm-hmm. in Charlotte. We we've got a, a ton to, to to discuss on the podcast, but wanted to start with those good vibes here yeah. in Freedom Park, a, a great place to hang out. As as you start to look at the forecast and realize uh, as as the the calendar turns into September after the hottest month imaginable, uh, it's it's a really good time to get back outside and enjoy everything Charlotte has to offer outdoors and. Uh, if you hear, if Danny's voice sounds a little different, by the way, that's what it sounds like when someone, he says we were slamming beers all weekend long. I think he meant to say he was slamming beers all weekend long. <laughs> hey, you were matching me. You were matching me uh, swig for swig on Saturday night for sure at the uh, Hot Fly and uh, at the match. We had a great time. We did. Uh, you know, shout out Johnny uh, came to the supporter section, uh, bypassed the club level where he normally sits because we just needed as much support in the supporter section as, as humanly possible. Um, so that was great having you there, John. We had a great time, but then I did keep the party going on Sat on Sunday. You had you were bit, you had to be responsible on Sunday. I could uh, let it loose, and I did let it loose at Hot Fly again. I might as well have just I should have slept at Hot Fly. I, I don't know why I didn't just like put a cot on the roof at Hot Fly or something like that. I should talk to to Liz about that, but maybe um, we we could talk to the owner Cam yeah, or, or Ian, maybe yeah, Ian over yeah, there and just see if, see if see yeah. if they can find you a spot in the back the of the brewery somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I could, I could, they could have put me in the storeroom with uh, the seventy or eighty cases of the mayor that I, that they had on tap, uh, ready to rock. And they they busted it out on Sunday. They were everyone was drinking the mayor at the Brawny Bro party. Beds for kids had to. If they were making a cut of every sale of this new uh, Brawny Bro brew, Brawny Brew, if you will, uh, they they did pretty well. And, and the silent auction had some great items too. So hopefully, beds for kids got hooked up. It's it's nice to think that like one of the most fun days I had of the year, uh, also did good for the community, and that's just the magic of Brawny Bro. I'm just gonna uh, give y'all a peek behind the curtain of what it's like to to have broadcasting work. It's not that I didn't want to go yesterday; it's that I was afraid that if I went, my voice would be shot because of how loud it was in there. Right. And I had to broadcast a soccer match on Sunday night, which ended up getting postponed until today, which I'm going to do Queens versus Winthrop on, on Monday afternoon Let's now go. after uh, having that game postponed. But now, the, but when I heard your voice when you showed up to, to the park today, I said to myself, <laughs> man, I, write, I made the right decision, even though I felt serious FOMO as I was at home yesterday. And everybody was partying and hop five for, for Brownie Bro and Beds for Kids. But everything that I saw, and we can get into some storytelling from there, but it seemed like just a, a fantastic time and, and a lot. We went to the inaugural party last year, and only one player showed up. Adam Armour was the only teammate that showed up, yeah. Different story this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more, at least more than half the team, I would say. I didn't count. I, at no point did I ever like take a formal count, but uh, just saw so many guys there supporting Brant, supporting the club talking to players i will get i will tell some stories we got some more pertinent stuff to get to first but i've got some stories for the back end of the episode i will say this before we get there you were there in spirit johnny everybody was asking me about <laughs> you like where's john where's john i said hey he's being responsible man i i can't i can't help for the fact that you know he he's doing the right thing just because yeah. you know i i wouldn't do the right thing but john would so i was, I was good on him was screaming yeah. all night on saturday and the last thing yeah. i wanted to do was scream all afternoon and, and you were right my voice is dead shot but i'm ha- i feel amazing so yeah there, there you have it uh there the other things we need to talk about on today's show is the match on wednesday right exactly that's I, that's what it's really about right i, I 
I asked the question yesterday on our Twitter feed. You can find us there at For the Crown Baby and see some of those pictures and videos that, that Danny took at the Brownie Bro party. Make sure you check that out. But the question that I asked yesterday, yesterday was, who is ready to do it again on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Because this is a quick turnaround for this club. As of this recording, this is a Monday afternoon, and the match is just about more than 48 hours away. Amazing to think about that. Yeah, by the time you listen to this, it could be less than 24, y'all, but we know you like to listen right as soon as yeah. this thing pops in the feed. Yeah, well, when that notification hits, uh, <laughs> make sure you turn on notifications on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. And I, do us a favor while I'm mentioning that. Drop us a review. It really helps us out. Rate right. the show. Uh, if, you, if you enjoyed the Scotty Arfield interview, if, if you like the Darius Barnes interview, do us a favor and, and drop a note and, and tell people why they should listen to the Charlotte Soccer Show. And, and you know, we and the Independence interviews, don't ch- don't forget, I want to throw out real quick, Coach Jeffries and Austin Pack both at the Brawny Bro Party, supporting a former player, former teammate. That was awesome to see, like, Charlotte mm-hmm. is a soccer city. So Yep, so there was uh, two results on Saturday um, at the professional level in the city. Uh, Charlotte FC, obviously, the 2-1 uh, win, and I, I believe the Independence was a 1-1 draw. Four-point Saturday. They, yes. Independence surrendered uh, late goal, in, in right? the 90th. Yeah, 89th, 90th minute. I forget the exact minute, but late goal. might have been 87th, but, yeah, they, they gave away the point at the end, unfortunately, and, and Coach Bunt was bummed about that. Coach Jeffries was definitely not happy, but he was there supporting his former player, Brant Bronico, at the party, trying to have a good time. So it, the ambivalence I was seeing on his face is he was like, Yay, this is fun, but God damn, I got to get my team back in gear after a tough point uh, drop last night. If, if you don't know Coach Jeffries and want to get to know him, that episode is, is readily available in this feed as well. So go check out the Mike Jeffries uh, interview. And we'll have more interviews to come throughout the rest of the season. In fact, uh, we, we made sure that the, the, the club knew. Uh, we're happy to interview anybody now because uh, apparently there is a Charlotte soccer show bump. Uh, Scotty Arfield. Uh, the, the, a few days after he talks to the, the Charlotte Soccer Show, he gets subbed on, and he scores within a couple minutes. So let's just start there. Let's dive into the episode right here, right now. Coming off that Scott Arfield interview, you and I were both disappointed that he didn't get to start. Mm-hmm. But, but you tweeted something before <laughs> the match that um, – ultimately falls under that uh, nickname that you're starting to really uh, <laughs> really actually live up to, which is Nostra- Nostradamus? Bramstradamus, Nostradamus, <laughs> you can call it either way. It's, you know, pick and choose on that one. Uh, but what, yeah. what did you say before the match? You said... Uh, Scotty Arfield goal off the bench is a lock. I, should, I didn't say game winner. That's the only... I should have gone one step further. But yeah, we knew he was going to score. Because the thing is, in that interview, what, he, what was the thing that he talked about that you... Uh, had, had, had struck you so much was he talked about the competition for places and he said no one's place is guaranteed right and the club trots him out there to do media and like sell the club you know on Thursday on uh, early midweek and then on Saturday you're on the bench and it's like hey no one's place is guaranteed right. you know but you know what I think there's uh, his place in the squad as a member of a contributing member of this uh, great result is absolutely undeniable now because he did come in he he paid off the Nostradamus guarantee and uh, delivered a beautiful goal. You know, uh, he when he got that ball, so the, the the ball came in. He gets the ball sort of the top of the box, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna score. Cause so so Scotty gets the ball, and Carroll has no one on him, and I'm like, I just think to myself, we're going to score. They, they one went, way or they another, went for a nice one too. Yeah, one way or another, we're gonna get a scoring chance off this, and we did work a nice. Carroll had a rocket, left footed missile. Yeah, and that the the keeper saved, but but had to parry, couldn't handle, and Scotty pounced, and it was beautiful. It was it was a, a amazing save by the keeper John McCarthy, and when you watch that back, you realize, uh, and uh, the the broadcast, both broadcasts, WFNZ and Apple, called it out as wow, that was a fantastic save on Swiderski. Really, probably should have been a Carol Swiderski mm-hmm. goal, but when you look at the reaction, and who was, you know, ready to 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 make a move and, and react and pounce on a potential uh, save and rebound, it's, it's Scott Arfield. The, the two center backs for LA right. FC, their, their, their feet might as well have been cemented into the ground. Arfield, as soon as Carroll struck that ball, was, was looking for a potential rebound, and there it was for him right on the doorstep, um, a clean right-footed finish, uh, first touch, and it truly was, I think for me, 
one of the best moments in club history. Scotty Offield knows. Scotty Offield knows. Scotty Offield knows where to get the rebound and score. Scotty Offield knows. But that's 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 U.S. Men's National Center back Aaron Long, by the way, stone footed and letting Scotty yeah. pounce all over him. So there you go. So the reason why Scotty comes into the game is in a, posi- in a, in a is in a position to have success is because who he was subbed on for. Derek Jones gets the start. Somebody that we didn't mention last week on the podcast. Somebody that's been dealing with a little bit of injury. Mm-hmm. Someone that's been a key cog. But you said before the match when he was – this is something you also said before the match that I'll give you credit for is is you said we win when Derek Jones plays. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, I borrowed that from someone in the fan base. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. But you, Sticks you, with you. you. You saw that DJ was in the lineup, and, and typically that means that Charlotte FC wins. But there was a wrinkle. Yeah. The, the mad scientist, Chris, right. Christian Latanzio. And, and, and uh, there's some, some chatter online about Derek Jones's positioning, where mm-hmm. he played in the midfield. Uh, Derek Jones you, was actually playing in an offensive position. And you, sp- you spotted it early. You spotted it before the match was over because you were in the supporter section. And you said, I'm glad I'm in the supporter section. And you turned to me like, I'm glad to be here for the, the vibe, but I'm really glad to get a tactical view yeah. on, yeah, on a game like this. Uh-huh. And, and especially, in a, you, we didn't know this going in, but it turns out, when a new tactical wrinkle was unveiled. And you, you spotted it. You were like, Derek is so forward. Derek is so forward. You kept saying it. And it, it, it started. I started to look for it, and I was like, he really is. And then the heat maps obviously backed that up after the match, and, and uh, it was it was really cool to see. He put in a great performance, Derek Jones did, in that in that new role, in that – in that forward, in that midfield center attacking midfield position, yeah. really, where he's he's pressing the ball without the ball, he's also mm-hmm. creating things and and yeah. and taking up space in that position, having great link up play and allowing Ashley Westwood behind him to really have the ball on his foot and control mm-hmm. the game in more of a central role, defensive midfield kind right. of role. It was like a, it was like a. Um Pass to Derek, pass to this guy, this guy, pass to Derek, pass to yes. that guy. It was like, it was like, because Derek Jones is one, one of his great skills is being so good at keeping possession, being so hard he's a, to he's take a, the he, ball off of. He's a pivot player. Derek right. Jones is a pivot player. Right. And so the pivot, the pivot has worked in, in the defensive midfield. So Latanzio just took the chance and moved the pivot forward into enemy territory right. so that we could be more attacking. It led to more chances. If you look at the momentum graph on Sofa Score, it's a thing of beauty. It's just pure, pure Charlotte FC green pressure, like almost the entire time, and a few LAFC counterattacks. Which one of them they scored on? A second one, they they put the ball in the net, but it was obviously offside. Everybody, it was way offside. It wasn't even really close. So I'm not too worried about that one. Uh, I didn't love the counterattack goal. I did, you know, you saw where we were vulnerable. But you heard one thing. I did. I listened to Chris Latanzio Presser um, uh, to hear what he had to say. He said, "A." He said, "I love that." Uh, I was prepared to lose the game. He said, I was prepared to lose the game once it went 1-1 to make sure that we kept playing the same attacking style. He was like, I was not going to stop attacking in the last 20 minutes to try to hold a draw. I was like, we were going all out to win, and if we lost, then so be it. And that's the attitude you need to have at home in a must-win situation. And and that's why he made that like-for-like change. Right. When when Scott Arfield comes on the pitch for for Derek Jones, and and at that moment, it's – it's late, right? We, we all said this in the supporter section watching the match. We, we felt like the subs were 10 minutes late. LAFC brings on three players around the 60th minute, and there's no response to that until 12 minutes later. And during that time, LAFC scores a goal and equalizes, yeah. right? So at least this substitution happens. But when, Scott, when Scotty Garfield comes on 10 minutes later than we, we expected, and I think that's a real uh, criticism of Christian Latanzio in this situation, mm-hmm. is that uh, he reacted in, instead of um, making the move that causes right. a reaction. And when Scotty and, comes on from Derek Jones, I said to Kevin Anderson, who is a tremendous TIFOS, and it's, it's always uh, match enjoyable. Match day legend. Yeah, it's always enjoyable to spend a uh, match day with Kevin Anderson. And I said to him, I was like, Scotty's coming in in this position that Derek Jones has been playing. Ah, he's, he's always going to do is just like bomb into the box and, and, and have an offensive role here. The, the, he didn't even have to come in and really worry about defense based on where right. Derek, Derek was playing. And um, it was only two minutes into Scotty Arfield's time on the pitch where, where he ended up scoring that decisive game, game-winning game goal. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the lads were ladding, you know. It was, yeah. just, it was beautiful to see. I, I think we definitely wanted the earlier subs. I think, uh, you know, the tactics, the tactics were right, but the decision-making – stays questionable at times yeah. that that's that's always going to be our critique but uh, well, it's well it, it, this is this is why I need to hammer this home right because I'm not trying to be overly critical of Christian Latanzio uh, but I'm just trying to acknowledge the fact that 
inside that stadium on Saturday night, you might as well have been in a sauna. Right. The amount of work right. that we were putting in in the supporter section right. was enough to make somebody tired. I was imagine what mess. it yeah. imagine what it was like to play seventy minutes you, in that heat. Imagine just, what it was like to put in the full ninety in that heat. Just jumping up and down doing the Poznan, you were seeing people with their shirts soaked through. You yeah, know? <laughs> that's how hot it was. And, and there was two drinks breaks in you know one in each half. And uh, I think what you got to say is Latanzi is, is a manager that is he's been in the game so long that certain things become instinctual, and you're like, yeah. You sub in this, you know, when I'm up one ill at home against a quality opponent, I wait till about the 70th minute to sub and then I get, make my changes. Like, that's probably just like in his soul. Like, he's been in this game so long, right? Yeah. But you're not thinking about the change in circumstance, which is extreme heat and which humidity. Is wearing these guys down and humidity, which is like, so I think you adjust, you got to adjust your subs mindset there and break away from some of the traditional sort of like uh, norms and and quote-unquote unwritten rules of the game and stuff like that. you got to think about the heat. Yeah, you've got three subs coming in at the 63rd minute for LAFC, and it takes 10 minutes to react to that. Yeah, and, and they scored in the meantime. It's not like it was one, the, 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 on the counter. The reason why, yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. with fresh legs yeah. on the counter. The reason why I think that um, this was so critical to make a change here earlier was because there was three players that came in, right? It was a full three-player window sub right. and that means there's fresh legs and they had fresh legs at at each level Ele- of the yeah a midfielder now, the, defender and a forward all sub i think if i remember yes, right that's yeah. that's correct yeah. so it was it was really sp- smart management um and ultimately almost cost charlotte fc two points yeah and could have could have ultimately cost them all three points if right. latanzio doesn't eventually make make that that same decision to get new new fresh legs on 10 minutes later. So, so albeit this being a famous result and a great win for Charlotte FC, I still think there's room for improvement, especially in the technical area from, from the manager. Yeah, and in it, uh, taking it away, away from Latanzio, you got you to gotta call out Jalen. We've given Jalen so much love on the show. I gave him a bunch of love at, at the yeah. Brawny Bro uh, party yesterday, and it was definitely sincere, but uh, he will accept. I'm sure he's sitting here thinking right now, uh, as he's sitting in the training, probably thinking about the miss he had because that was a wide open header that you just got to put literally anywhere on on frame and it's in. It goes in. There's no way it's being saved, but you can't hit the crossbar. Yeah, he hits the woodwork and it's a that, made, it's, that makes it two zero. Exactly. That was before LA scored, so That's that would have right. changed the match. Obviously, you know. Totally, totally, and it was a huge chance right in front of the the royal family. Mm-hmm. A big chance that you you know it, it, in soccer. There's sometimes those big chances miss and when those big chances miss you know that it's going to impact the game mm-hmm. in a way that maybe if that chance never even happened right that it wouldn't matter and i, I know it's I'm, follow me here right because a, a big chance missed gives the other team a feeling of relief yeah of belief yeah and okay we dodged that bullet reprieve Let's go try yeah. to get a goal and, and equalize things because we really almost went down two 0 Right. So it's 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 a big chance miss let's that YOLO. causes yeah. a momentum change. We just dodged a bullet. Let's yolo and and they score on the counter shortly after. So the, yeah, I agree. But again, credit credit Jalen for keeping his head up and still making some big defensive plays yeah. uh, down the stretch. After that, he didn't hang his head. Right. He's a good young player. He will rebound from that. And, I mean, we shut down a, a LAFC, a, a team that was scoring goals for fun on Wednesday in Colorado, right. a team that, you know, made a great run in League's Cup and, you know, uh, is a favorite to win MLS Cup this year. They came here. We got them back. And a huge part of that was the work that Jalen and Melanda and Privet did uh, on the back line shutting down Denny Mwanga. Just, those three guys are, are all heroes for their performance against LAFC. So that's uh, six points against both teams from Los Angeles yeah. this season. The LA Sweep. And undefeated uh, in club history against defending MLS Cup champions. NYCFC. Yeah. And LAFC. And LAFC. Yeah. yeah. And I think that goes to show why this fan base and why the supporters have belief in, and think that the level of this squad is much higher than where it has been on the table. Right. Because despite the three points on Saturday, you look at the table and you're still out of playoff positioning. I know. Is there going to be a breakthrough? Three points the three points on Wednesday night, and this is where this is where I kind of want to just acknowledge the fact that 
the three points on Saturday night are as are only as good as the three points on Wednesday. Yeah, and that's painful to hear because it was such a great win. And you'd hate to think that it would just be thrown out the window three days later. But we do. You have to follow it up. It is. It's like a parlay. You know, you you got to hit both legs of the parlay. You, you got to. And so, and and yeah. as an organization, I think uh, the the club goes into two games mm-hmm. in a five day span. Yeah. And they have a plan for that, right? And I think maybe that plan involves resting some legs on Saturday to keep them fresh for Wednesday. Yeah. And, and, and there's there's a couple players. There's Justin Miram who, who's available. Sure. Right? Look, there's Justin Cam- was hanging out on Sunday. There's Camille Uzviak. 22. Who came in as a substitute. Right. Who, who is, should be, who is should available. Should be available to start. Urinin. Urinin. Yeri. Yeri. Yeah. Yeri comes in and he gets some minutes. He could be available. Sure. For a start. As well, I would expect Urinin to start. I I think Urinin starts at left back. I think he made one bad pass, but he, he looked pretty good out there. A couple players who who go the full ninety to ask. There's one guy that you know you can ask him to do it again. Brian Veronica. Yes, yeah. you, you can. You Obviously. can. You can. Set is real. Yeah, yeah. You, you can. You can ask Brant to to do it again. But this is a. I think a really tall he, task. Brant Brant was sprinting down the right sideline in possession in like the 97th minute. I shot him out for this when I shook his hand at the party, and I was like, "Dude, you were like keeping the ball away from playing keep away from their offense in like the 97th minute down the sideline." And I was like, "That's the grind set." I was like, "If people need to know what the grind set is, it was that play right there where you like sprinted away from two defenders." in the 97th minute, you know, to sort of get the ball out of a danger zone while we're trying to hold on. Patrick Ajumong has fresh legs, didn't get into the match. Yeah, was supposed to. <laughs> Very late. Was, yeah, uh, he, but he, shout out Addy Melanda for saying, no, I need to call myself out of this game because we got 10 minutes left and I don't have it. Yes. And bring, bring in Jan uh, Sobachinski to close out for us. That was, was a, a, veter- right a veteran play by the yeah. center back to realize this, yeah. this is the last substitution window. Right. And if I'm not taken off the pitch right now, then I'm going to have to play. For the next 10 minutes, in, and I'm not uh, feeling good about it. So, Patrick Ajamong has fresh legs for Wednesday. Kerwin Vargas has mm-hmm. fresh legs for Wednesday. I would expect Ker- Kerwin Vargas to get this start. Yeah, I would think slash hope so. I mean, ben, the wings we started were be- Bender and Brecht this game go around. They weren't too bad. Bender lost possession a lot. He didn't impress me. I was glad he was subbed. Uh, but... He was trying. I don't criticize his game. I, I, he made some nice plays. He just didn't make enough for me. I think there's going to be changes at the at least one wing position. I think Kerwin Vargas comes in for Ben Mender on that right wing. Right. That, that would be my prediction. You think Diagra starts again? I think if he although he took a knock, yeah, he did. he did. Yeah, he subbed out for a little bit of a minor knock. He was shaking hands and kissing babies on Sunday. Looked pretty good. But well, uh, let's talk about Diagra because yeah. uh, this is a, 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 a full debut at home. For yeah. for the new signing mm-hmm. and good. just just yeah your your quick takeaways because my my honest thought was this is an an added injection into the attack in terms of someone that wants the ball at his feet at all times mm-hmm. he's a player that is a magnet towards the ball right he wants the ball there he's not necessarily making the runs he's ready to. Right have the ball and create and look for somebody on a run. And he can pass, but he's not necessarily a pass-and-go, pass-and-go, pass-and-go player like a lot of the guys that we sort of had in our in our build uh, last year. If I'm thinking about like the Francos and Ortizes and Alcivars, how they couldn't really ever keep a ball, you know, as compared to a guy like Diagra who's like come in and like I, I totally agree with what you're saying. He's just better technically and I'm going to take your question and I'm going to obviously spin it into talking about my favorite player, which was having Brecht in there allows Carroll to be Carroll. And Carroll Swiderski now right. can sort of make more effective one-two plays. And, like, you know, it's funny. Like, you, you, you talk about you look at the table and you're like, how you, – you look at the table and you see Charlotte is not a playoff team. And then I look at Carroll Swiderski, you know, dribbling, you know, spinning two defenders in the midfield with his footwork. I'm like, how are we not a playoff team with right. this guy on the squad? Because, I mean – 
I, when he's dancing on the ball, it's really nice to watch. As a as a Charlotte FC fan and as a neutral fan, I would hope. I, I would hope this guy's like really starting to like emerge from people who truly appreciate like the beauty of the game. He does some beautiful, beautiful things. Well, there's still a lot of people out there that don't know jack shit about Charlotte FC. That's, That's the thing, true. right? Yeah. And it's because of where they are on the table. Yeah. Right. If you're a national voice on MLS, if you're a global right. voice on soccer. It's really hard to take right. a look at the table and dive into Charlotte FC, right. a team that's been out of the playoff hunt for basically its entire existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just tough to dive in and kind of see it. But but that's why that right You can now, say that. I'm allowing you to say that. If I heard that message from the national media, you know I would be pissed and have a chip on my shoulder. Well, at least yeah, in be- the family, I will accept that criticism from you. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. But at least, like, I'm not, it's almost like I'm making an excuse for them. Sure. Right? But there is no excuses. If, if your right. job is to cover the league... Your job is to understand where the talent is and right. and what type of ceiling exists. It's like there should be someone outside of the Charlotte FC fan base who's saying, why has Carol Swiderski never even been considered to be an all-star? This guy's really good. Right. And it's crazy that he hasn't. But. Yeah. Um, so I, I love the, the conversation about Brecht. I really hope he goes on the left wing. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I hope uh, Kerwin Vargas joins him on that attack with, with fresh legs. The facilitator uh, is what I'm calling Brecht right now because he just makes things easier. And the, I think the next, uh, the, the two places up for grabs after that, uh, you know, Brant Bronico, I would expect him to start just because he has the legs to do it. Right. Uh, Derek Jones or Scott Arfield is, is the question. Um, and Ashley Westwood after, after the full 90, can, can he go on, on Wednesday night? And I would expect the captain to, 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 yeah. to tell Christian Latanzio that he's starting. Yeah, the captain uh, was uh, – so Bronny, obviously the man of the hour on Sunday, the captain made a splash. And he uh, – people were, like, saying, hey, Ashley, Ashley, drink with me, drink with me, drink with me. And he, he was like, no. He had a beer. He had an unopened can of Bronny Bro Mayer, and I, he gave it to me. He, he said, Grams, <laughs> you take this one. True that, story. That, that that, true that's story. what a good captain does. He's yeah. a facilitator. Make yeah. sure everybody gets theirs. No doubt. And he made sure you got yours. Yep. On, on Sunday. By the way, we were going to do a segment telling stories, but we're not going to do that anymore because you've done such a wonderful job weaving these stories into what I the, the topics you know, that we're talking yeah. about. So I, I hope hope everybody who's listening to this show right now is is kind of getting a feel for, the, for what the party was like on Sunday. Well, when it comes to stories, I was able to share one of you. This is another way you were there in spirit, John, is that I was able to take one of my favorite stories that you've ever told on this pod and share it with Ashley at the event, which, oh, which is you'll remember when we played Charleston Battery – and we were up 3-0 in the first half, and the team was, like, clicking. And the preseason exhibition, not the not uh, in-season, but this is preseason. And it was at the Fortress, and we were all sort of letting season tickle. Yeah, the, the club free. did a really nice job great. inviting everybody to the And the club was games. clicking, and, they, and Camille scored a goal, and, like, we had Carroll scored, and I think Capetti and Carroll scored goals. And we were up 3-0 going into our half, and then we conceded right before half right. in an exhibition. And they're going into the tunnel, and Ashley Westwood is livid, stomping off the pitch, yelling happy. at guys, saying, why are we conceding right before half? You, what do you got to do? And it was like he became the captain of the club in that moment, right? And you've told that story. You said that's one of your favorite moments. So I kind of hijacked it just because yes. you weren't there. And I said, Ashley, one of my favorite moments is <laughs> da 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 yeah. And I said, that, you became our captain that day, sir. And I, just, I, think, I said, I love Charlotte FC, and I couldn't be prouder to have you as our captain. And he thanked. He said thank you. And that's you know that that right. was at the start of the event, and then later in the event is when he gave me the beer. So I think I made an impression. Well, and and something similar played out against Nakaxa. Yeah, at, at home. Right. And Charlotte FC didn't concede. Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a Scotty Arfield goal to to make it three 0 before halftime, and Westwood comes charging down the tunnel screaming we go again 45 minutes we go, go again, again. Yeah, yeah yeah and and that's leading this lead means nothing yes yeah. exactly so um I, I think ultimately he he's the voice of this squad and and he he started to do that in preseason and he's continuing to do that as he rolls through and i promise yeah, you he better do it again on wednesday uh, he's the type of player that if christian latanzio left him out on Wednesday night, I think he would be fucking furious. He's the captain, yeah. So there's just, yeah. There's just the no way. Ha- you give him that armband, you better play him. I mean, unless he has to sit. That's just kind of the way it goes. So, so I would expect two changes, maybe three, to the lineup on Wednesday. A left-back change, a right-wing change, and a potential change between Derek Jones and Scott Arfield. Any, do you think Carroll could potentially be left out of the starting lineup? No. Okay. I think Good. that Thank would be you. that would be <laughs> Thank insane. You. Thank you. 
I think that would be absolutely insane. The only other the only other thing that could potentially that could potentially happen here is that in Christian Latanzio goes for a four four two. That's the only thing. Instead of bringing Vargas in on that right wing, uh, you basically take Bender out and you inject Ajimong in as a strike partnership with Carlos Wodorski at the top there. And you have your four midfielders go across and you have it uh, Brecht, you have it Westwood, Bronico, or you know Jones for Bronico there. I doubt that happens though. And then somebody on the right-hand side there. If you wanted to keep Bender in in that uh, midfield position, uh, you, but, but that's what you'd have to take one of those guys off ultimately. The, we, there's many times in this history of this show where we've had these sort of like mini breakdowns about options. And a lot of times it's decided between some good options and some bad options. These are all great options. So I'm right. loving it. Everything you're, you're outlining right now, I'm, I'm happy with. I will say Orlando potentially could be missing both starting center backs. Uh, Robin Jansen yeah. was not in their training uh, the other day. And uh, Antonio Carlos was out. has missed two games in a row. So there you go. Well, you, you, this is, and I'm glad that you did this because this is a really nice uh, transition because I wanted to ask you about Orlando, who is um, currently in the East. Um, they're up there. They're way fourth, up there. Yeah. Fourth in the East with, with 43 points. They don't seem that good, but they're fourth. And when you look at their uh, recent results, um, they have, I believe it is five out of six wins for for Orlando right now. They're, they're on an absolute tear. So yeah, they, we talked about how difficult it was going to be to bounce back from a, from a famous win against LAFC. And then you look at the form of the team that's coming into town. They're quality. Very, 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 very good. I like their keeper. I think one of, they have one of the best keepers yeah. in the league. El Pupo. And you've got to go for goals in this match. Mm-hmm. right? You've got to go, go for goals Early and match. often. I say, I say let's score a bunch of goals. Well, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's like <laughs> – Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's, but you got to go for them. Yeah, that's yeah, – They're not going to just come to you. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's just confirming it is five of six. The only – and that's obviously including some League's Cup games. But as far as MLS play is concerned, form, yeah. when you take the, the League's Cup out of it, right, you still have one, two, three straight wins uh, in MLS. And and their League's Cup loss was to Messi, right? Five of six in MLS as well. Right. They, they, lose, and, the, yeah. they lose 3-1 to, to enter Miami and Messi in the League's Cup to get knocked out of that competition. That was the game before... Inter end up playing Charlotte FC. It's a tough squad. Uh, we had Orlando um, come visit us last year. I had a buddy who lives in Orlando come visit. I bought him beer. He drank my beer, left with the three points, went home, <laughs> laughed at me, and I'm not happy. So he's not invited back, and uh, let's get the win this time because it means a lot. It means everything. It was a uh, 91st-minute PK that got – Orlando, the win against St. Louis, the, the Western uh, leading St. Louis uh, on, on Saturday. And it was, a, uh, it was a red card in that match as well. It didn't come until later in, in stoppage time. So it was, was really a, a nice 2-1 win. Um, and then Orlando City on the road. And I watched this match. Uh, it was a Sunday night when MLS returned. Uh, 3-1 on the road against Chicago. I think Chicago got the first goal in that game. Um, they, yeah, Pineda had they, a screamer. Yes, and and Orlando just came back with with three goals in the second half, and that that should remind this team. It should remind everybody, right. even if Charlotte FC gets that first goal, Orlando is a team that is very very good on the road. They have a guy Facundo Torres who has been scouted by Premier League teams. You know, he's never really had serious bids, but I mean, he's been scouted. So there you go. So I, I'm really looking forward to this match. Like I, I almost feel like this is. Um, a little bit of I, I don't want to say like overkill because that's not the word it's almost just like it's happening so fast right mm-hmm. to where that the famous win happens the party is on Sunday and all of a sudden it's Monday afternoon and this Orlando team is showing up to ruin the party right to crash crash the, the it, castle and you know potentially ruin what was a fantastic right. four day stretch I just feel and this this and, and I don't I don't. I think that a loss on Wednesday night would really just throw a wet blanket over what was an amazing five days. It pulls the wind out of the sails for sure, and that's why I'm nervous about it. I'm just straight up nervous about that situation. That's why we have to be. I, I 
I think that's a hundred percent appropriate to be nervous about because the, if the LAFC win restored belief, then the Orlando game is needed to sort of be is the prove it game. Or yes. It's like okay, you showed you can do it, but now prove you're gonna do it. If that if you can handle the subtle nuance of that distinction, but I would say. Uh, the squad needs to take a little different approach. I hope that that's not the squad mentality, you know. And I'm sure you would say that, would agree that like the squad needs to be a little bit uh, uh, blind, you know, sort of, uh, you know, just like focused on focus on the, themselves. The more, the more individual, focus on themselves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Just go win a soccer yeah, match. Go, Obviously, they go, don't need yes. to worry about the big picture, but the right. big picture is very much hanging yes. over right. the uh, the atmosphere of the game, 100. percent So I think from our point of view, it's okay to think about this three game stretch, and I say three game stretch because. We go again. We go again on Saturday after Wednesday at Nashville. Ugh, that's huge. It's a it's a massive right. week, and, and I just hope I just hope everybody was you know taking care of themselves at the party yesterday and didn't head into this week uh, all hungover like uh, one of the co-hosts on the show. <laughs> it does it count as a hangover if you feel great though? I, I, I don't <laughs> know. That's the problem. I'm you just know? Yeah, I don't know. No, we, uh, we, we we always know what the uh, Sunday morning you can hear it in feels like. After yeah. after uh, and that's probably that's because we were screaming all night. You were singing yeah. in the supporters section, and I'm just yeah. I'm just kidding about the hangover. I think ultimately, like everyone who was involved with the party was there for charity, right? And that's that's the whole thing. It's yeah. Like there, there's in my mind, there's no way, shape, or form that I'm yeah, I would ever criticize anybody on the squad for showing up and drinking beer on on a Sunday. I think a real 24 hour rule. In fact, I would have preferred them to do that. Right. right? Just go yeah, ahead and have yeah. some beers. It fits and then, within the 24 hour rule. It yeah. Fits, it's really it fits within the 18 hour rule. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. It 100 percent does. So, there was definitely no hint of any type of excessive drinking. Most of the guys I would say were not drinking at all. Arfield, <laughs> Arfield was walking around with a little snifter. Yeah. Westwood had one beer early, I think, and, and he said, "Hey, we'll have a beer later." But then by the time he got later, he was done drinking, so he handed me yeah. the can. So. But I bring up that. Did Nash- I mention Westwood gave me a can of beer? Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. That's like. Uh, are you gonna? Did he put his lips on that can? That's the question. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but I bring up Nashville for a reason, right? Because yeah. we spent this entire podcast now, um, almost forty minutes in, talking about okay, a famous win on Saturday, and now a massive match to back that up on Wednesday at home, and then all of a sudden you've got to go on the road to play to, to play Nashville. It's a good thing that these three this that this three game stretch is coming. On the heels of some time off, yeah. After getting knocked out by uh, yeah. Inter Miami in the League's Cup, and and the, these three games, Christian Latanzio and his and his and his staff has, has they've had time to come up with a, a, a player management strategy. Yeah, yeah, and and really just the ideal amount. Of, like if here's my here's a take. I don't know if this is a hot take or a dumb take or just a brilliant take. But like if you're not gonna win the League's Cup. Then getting knocked out in the quarterfinals is almost ideal because uh, you, that gives you the most amount of like time to like regroup and, and refresh for the the league to come back right. without having sat and become stagnant of, of getting eliminated in the group stage or something like that. Obviously, you know you make it to the semis, you have a three and four shot at, at CCL, all that stuff. So maybe my take is off, but just at least for our purposes, right. it worked out pretty well. The timing of when they could have all this build up the rest and inject the new pieces into the squad was great and and the difference between i think i need to just call out that take for for one reason because i i think there needs to be a caveat to it is that you know we've been critical of people who have said oh charlotte fc getting knocked out of the u.s open cup gives them an opportunity to focus on mls play that situation is totally different than the league's cup situation because u.s open cup play it's midweek games it's just yeah. extra games on the schedule, yeah. and whether you're in or you're out, you don't get two weeks off after you lose the U.S. Open Cup. Right. You're yeah. right back in it. Getting knocked out of the league's cup in the quarterfinals gives you two weeks to kind of get your shit together yeah. before going on this. And run. again, ideally, we would have won the league's cup. I'm not saying that. Right. Like I'm saying, if you don't win, right. I'd rather have the extra week of being out in the quarters than go lose a semi and not make right. CCL. That's all I'm saying. So. Um, it's. I think it's been a jam-packed episode. I think there's a lot to talk about. I don't even want to get into the Nashville situation. It's clearly one of the toughest places to play they, in, in MLS. They did just get lit up 4-0 at Atlanta, but yeah, they're going to be like, okay, we're going to regroup at home. We got Charlotte coming in. That's our. You know, that's our. Does Nashville so, have yeah. a midweek match? Uh, that's a good question. I'll double check that because it's not the entire league, as far as I know. But uh, while you look that up, I do know that Nashville's just better at home in general. They do. Okay. What the, what's their midweek? At Inter Miami. Oh, okay, so that actually that that works for in our favor. That I mean, if we're looking for things that work in our favor, 
At this point, anything that works in our favor, though, any like factor that like is good for us, to me, that just is a removal of an excuse. Right. And we just want to get rid of all excuses, and we're going to go do our job and win the home games and a few others and make the playoffs. Making the playoffs is is ultimately the goal for the, for this squad. And right now, Charlotte FC sits in twelfth on the table with twenty four games played. They are three points out of that ninth place position. That yeah, you could say eighth and ninth make the playoffs. It's technically a play in between yeah. eighth and ninth to 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 make the, the first round of the playoffs, yeah. which is a three game series. So ultimately, if if, if Charlotte FC is going to get into that eight nine position, you really hope that they get eighth not ninth because yeah. you want that home play-in game yeah. at your place. So when you're looking at that eighth-place team, you're looking at Montreal, and Charlotte is six points out of that eighth-place team, but also a game in hand uh, right. against both uh, Montreal and Chicago, who are in that eighth and ninth spot. And when you think about that game in hand, two games in hand on D.C. United, who has one more point than Charlotte FC, and two games in hand on NYCFC, who are three points behind Charlotte FC. So right now the table actually looks pretty favorable, except for that twelfth position. If we get wins, we'll, it will, they will work. It, yes. If we get wins, they will help us. We're yes. in a position where wins will get us where we want to be. Yeah, well, what what have we said on the show about games in hand? I, I forget. We used to say something about games in hand. You know where you stand when you have <laughs> games, games in, in hand. hand. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So we're back there. Yeah, yeah. We're back my, there. My, yeah, my thing is uh, when we have games in hand, I love them. When we don't have them, I think they're you know pointless and stupid. <laughs> like, so so uh, we, we do have a couple games in hand uh, on some teams and one game in hand as well on this table. So. Uh, it's it's a huge week for the MLS table. And that, of course, not just for Charlotte FC, but for everybody. Because when there's three games in a week, that's nine points up for grabs. Mm-hmm. That's a huge swing. If somebody goes out and gets zero and somebody else goes and gets nine. And everybody has the same rest issues we do at that level. So right. it's like it's an equal playing yeah, field. So. It, it is an equal playing field. And, and uh, something tells me that uh, this team has potential to, to go on. Right a run and do some really strong things to finish out the season. There's one name we haven't even mentioned in the entire show, so just before we get out of here, I will say Copetti's also coming back. Copetti should be available on the bench on Wednesday, according to Latanzio's My, most recent comments. It's, 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 a, it's a very good thing. I know he was questionable on Saturday, and reinforcements here are really, really important. But hasn't Patrick Ajman clearly stated himself as the number two striker on this I mean, team right me, now? And I know for you. So... But. Enzo Capetti is number three on the striker list. That's tough to get playing time when you're number three on the list. Yeah, I don't expect him to start, but I expect him to be available and, and be an impact sub. So, so it could... It, the, idea of, the idea of super sub Capetti, I think I need to see it to believe it, because right. I think he would actually, like... Right. He slows the game down so much okay. that I'm like, no, I don't want you for the last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I want you for the first 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He's not like an instant banger... Impact kind of player. He's just mm-hmm. he's plays so slow. He's always on the ground, mm-hmm. right? The, the game always stops when mm-hmm. Capetti's around the ball. It's so annoying. Mm-hmm. He takes the flow out of the game. He really does. Mm-hmm. I don't want that late in the match. Mm-hmm. I want I, I want I want a flow late. And I want a Scotty Arfield coming off the bench, who's bombing into the box, who's making clean touches, who's not going down, who's tough, mm-hmm. who isn't going to cry to the referee about every single swipe on on a shin pad. Uh, and I'm just not sure Enzo Capetti is that. Which ultimately the points I'm trying to make here, Danny, is perfect time for Christian Latanzio to try a two-striker system with Carol Swiderski and Patrick Ajemong to see if this team can kind of build around this this traffic jam all of a sudden at the striker position. You want guys on the pitch that can bag goals. So you're asking Latanzio to go into the lab and cook something up with his mad scientist self? I I think he'll take you up on that. As as long as, you know, everything was was cleaned and disinfected after Saturday (laughs) night's experiment... He can go back in there and try something today and tomorrow to, to, for Wednesday. The lab procedures are posted on the door. You know Exactly. Get the coat on. Make sure you have the goggles on. Wear the gloves. Yep. And go from there. Because right now I think Christian Latanzio might be feeling himself a little bit. He's, he's clearly feeling himself after the win. And his press conferences are looking a little different right now because I think he's looking at his squad for the first time and saying, shit, I actually can make some decisions – and have depth at certain positions to make me feel good about my squad. Yeah. And I think Justin Miram's the perfect example of that. 
The fact that Justin Miram really isn't playing much anymore. Right. Remember when Justin Miram came into the squad? It was like, dude, you got to play because there's nobody yeah. else. Right. And, and, he, and he now did he's well in that role. And he, now he's having a tough time getting on the field. Yeah. So it's just another thing. Uh, things just seem to be trending. I said it on on uh, last week's show when we were at Burial Beer Company. I said, just, I've got this feeling that things are just starting to um, to to break Charlotte FC's way. There, there's just there's you know, in covering this team now since its inception and and being hyper reactive to all the matches and and being in the weeds on everything that's happened at the club and kind of figuring out why this team hasn't had success or why they've had short little bursts of success. It just feels like for the first time the squad has a, has an opportunity to settle in, to settle in and, and, and play solid, consistent football. They got a chance to prove you right starting Wednesday night. And there's one more thing to keep an eye on, Danny, this week. It's the final week of the, the European transfer window. And there's somebody on Charlotte FC that's, that's, that's clearly um, yeah. caught some interest, and it's Carol Swiderski. So Four days. <laughs> we, we, while these games are happening, and um, Zoran Cornetta might get some phone calls. And that's why I wanted to finish with I wanted to finish with a, with a Zoran story <laughs> from the Brownie Row party. Uh, he was there, and... Uh, did, did you did you look into his eyes and did you get that feeling that you I, got last I time? Lo- I, I looked. <laughs> I, I, so yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have the long distance eye eye contact across the plaza at uh, Matthew Sportsplex like last time. No. So um, lo and behold, I'm at the party. I'm, okay. I'm kicking it. We're we're out a couple hours in. I'm a few pops in. Uh, this was actually probably this was a few minutes before Ashley Westwood handing me that can of beer, but. <laughs> uh, I was talking to a few folks, and I look, and who do I see? It's Billy the fucking Bee, dude. Yeah. Billy the Bee is there at the party, the legend, talking to uh, Zorn. Billy and Zorn are just shooting the breeze. And so Billy sees me, he goes, hey, Brams, get over here. You should meet Zorn, dude. He's like, and and uh, I go, hey, Zorn, what's up, man? You know, nice to meet you. I've watched you from afar for so long. My name's Dan Ramlett. And he goes, oh, I know who you are. And I was like, oh, Wow, are you serious? Like you listen to the Charlotte Soccer Show? He's like, yeah, I listen every once in a while. He's like, okay, that's good. Yeah. And so we started talking, and I, you know, I was, it was a really good. The positive vibes were flowing through this thing. I bought Top Bin ninety a beer. You know, every everything was going great. Like that, it was so much love of Charlotte. I've seen, like anyone who ever had any like mini beefs with each other was just put, retiring the beefs on this day. That's the kind of day it was. You know what I'm saying? So me and Zoran were getting along famous. The stars aligned. What, what I go, what yes. I what I mean to say. And uh, I, I'm thinking specifically, he, if he, when he said, I know you, I'm like, oh, it must be the murder mystery episode, obviously. <laughs> so, um, so I said to him, I said, Zorn, I just, first off, I want to say thanks, man. Like, what you, when you went on Mint City Soccer Show recently, they would, like, that's not my show, but I listened to that thing, like, start to finish, because it was so good, such a great conversation, and you told the fans what you need to hear. You know, thank you for being available to the fans in that way, and they, they did a great job with that interview. Nice, they did. And Shout out to... to both Matt and David for pulling off that interview. Yeah, and shout out to Zorn for doing it. And yep. shout out to, like, uh, the fact that the club is being more, like, outreach-oriented than they ever have been in the last few months than they ever have been in their history. I think that comes from the top down and, and reflects all the way through the organization. Long story short, Zorn loves the show. He's a TIFOs. Uh, he asked me where you were, and... He just said, hey, we're building something. I mentioned to him something that Latanzu had said in his presser, which was, you know, I've said all along, we're building for the long term here. We want to build something that's going to be great and sustained. And he said, and I won't I won't blow up his spot, but I said, I mentioned that quote to Zoran, and, and I said, he said, that's exactly right. I love that Chris said that. And, uh, you know, we could have done a few moves to have quick, instant success that was not going to be buildable, sustainable in the long run, like Club X. He did. He mentioned a certain club that oh, I, will, I. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blow him up since it was an informal event. But uh, nice. you know, yeah, you know how it goes. I, I, yeah. Right now, everybody at the club deserves some credit, um, but not too much credit. <laughs> Let's get the win. Let's get no, the win. Like, yeah, um, because uh, this team has a chance here in the next couple of months to to really, for the first time, I think since the first month of the inaugural season when the buzz was just out of control, uh, there's a chance to kind of captivate this city in a mm-hmm. way in the next two months uh, as, as the, the seasons turn into fall. And I know this, this part of the country is so American football crazed this time of the year, but I think that Charlotte FC has a chance to really surprise 
some people. And I have a feeling that that's going to happen. And for the first time in club history, this, this squad has a chance to own the fall. And I think, yeah, the Panthers have a rookie quarterback. They've got a new head coach. And it looks like the Panthers could be interesting again. But when they start off 0-4 and, and Charlotte right. FC is going on a run, right. it's going to be pretty clear. Right. Who the top team in Charlotte is for the fall. Funny, one last funny story. They had this little octagon set up at the Brawny Bro party that was like for youth kid, kids could get in and play soccer two on two in this little nice. tiny space. You didn't get in there. I didn't get in. I was encouraged. I was trying to get you know. I was trying <laughs> to get Ajamon. I, I was like, I, was, I, I told this. I told one kid to go challenge Ajamon to go in there and play against the kids. That didn't happen. Danny was like elbowing Pauly. kids to get in that yeah. two on two game. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Polly Franco, the legend, the future Charlotte FC legend, uh, but. Uh, all the kids that were there were all wearing kits, uh, sh- soccer jerseys, soccer yeah. shirts, and whatnot. Ashley Westwood's kids were there in a Bryce Young jersey, oh, so wow. it was just funny. So yeah. yeah, the Westwood kid, the Westwood whole clan was there, and his kid was mixing well, they're, with they're, the fan kids in the octagon, and it was just so funny the contrast of like, of course, someone who comes from like the Panthers are what's exotic to them, you know, totally. for us. Yeah, they don't have the, the, the yeah, side. the Westwoods yeah. don't have that Panther scar issue, right? Like everybody else. <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, Bryce Young, let's go. Yeah. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Appreciate you hanging out with us before the Orlando match on Wednesday. We'll be back after that match to preview the, the weekend against Nashville. It's a busy week. Busy time on the show. Uh, appreciate you listening to the show. And I did want to do a couple more shout-outs before we got out of here because we mentioned some names. Shout-out to Brett Thompson and, and shout-out to, to Hannah Milby as well who spent the time with us in the supporter section. Had a great time with, with them on, on Saturday. And uh, I'm expecting everybody to be back in the building on Wednesday night. I know that Wednesday sometimes provides a different vibe in in this in this on match day because it's a work day. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually think the the, the 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 weekday vibe uptown is very interesting because you got the match kicking off just a few hours after people are leaving work and uptown is absolutely buzzing was on it, Wednesday. Was it Chicago? Yes. Earlier this year? Yeah, Chicago was a, a, a real nice fun win on a, yeah. on a midday. I hope we get another one of those. Yeah, so let's get up to, um, to Uptown early. Let's get the pregame going on Wednesday and let's enjoy another uh, night of soccer in the QC. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at For the Crown Baby. And again, I'll ask you, drop us a rating, drop us a review. It really helps us. If you like the interview that we did with, with Scott Arfield, if you like the interview we did with Darius Barnes, if you haven't heard either of those interviews yet, just stick around. You're going to hear them next after this episode ends. Uh, so I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. Until next time. For the Crown, baby.